Radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Welcome back to another episode of Agile FM. Today I'm here um, with William Davis. Uh, William Davis uh, is an interesting person for me to talk to because William actually attended just recently a PSM2 training um, in the South Florida area and um, he went for the advanced training, he went for the advanced certification and I just thought this might be a great person for me to talk to um, about the new course Scrum.org has uh, put life and uh, also to share some experiences and awareness um, in the industry about this program. Before we get started, I uh, want to welcome you, William, to the podcast. Thank you very much, Joe. It's my pleasure to be here. Awesome. So what we, what we have is, uh, William, and I just want to get the um, uh, logistics here out of the way, uh, just in case I forget them later. You can be reached on LinkedIn uh, via William W. Davis. Uh, and uh, interesting thing is your email address says famousdavispsm at gmail.com. This is how people get in touch with you. And uh, also everybody interested can also go on the show page on Agile FM to get in touch with you. Uh, now, with you being a PSM2, are you going to change your email address to famousdavispsm2 at gmail? <laughs> No, I don't think I'll do that. Uh, PSM is hard enough for people to get clearly, so I'll just leave it as Famous Davis PSM and go from there. Awesome. All right. So uh, I have a few statistics. I have looked them up today, which is the 5th of December, uh, 2018, and uh, I found that 180,000 people around the world are PSM1. Uh, 2,400 only are PSM2. And uh, you're one of them because you just recently um, passed the exam for PSM2. And uh, I just thought it might be a good idea for this new program at scrum.org to have that conversation. And obviously, you went through the training with me. And I want to make absolutely sure that the listeners know this. You're not being paid for this uh, podcast, <laughs> uh, right? You can say whatever you want about the, uh, the program. I just want to make sure that we're creating awareness of what is advancing the skills on the PSM, the professional scrum master side. And um, let's get started. So you saw this program, you saw the course, and you decided to go for the PSM certification. Uh, why? And, and what did you expect initially before you signed even up? Yeah, it might help your listeners to know a little bit about my background. Mm -hmm. So I've been a Scrum fan for about a decade now, but I've only really been able to act in a Scrum master capacity in the, you know, within the last number of years, several years. I did the PSM one 18 months ago, and I did that just so I felt confident that I could demonstrate good fundamental knowledge about Scrum to the Scrum teams that I work with, and then I work with not just my own teams, but other teams in my organization. So that was 18 months ago. Mm -hmm. Moving forward then, I'm always looking to figure out, okay, how can I continue to grow my career? How, how can I continue to further my role in this profession? So I've been uh, aligned with Scrum.org now for a year and a half, and mm -hmm. I've looked to see what kind of training offerings they off you know have, and I saw the the birth of the PSM to uh, certification and the subsequent training that really is I I don't know how old it is is it less than a year old now uh, the PSM two. Yeah, the PSM2. Yeah, yeah the PSM2 right. is maybe maybe six months only at this point, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So once I saw that it was available, I thought, you know what, that's that's what I want to go for. I, I want to go for the PSM2 certification because that will give me the motivation to grow further in my career as a scrum master. And I also do agile coaching in the organization that I work in. Yeah. So I thought this would be a really good step for me to take just the go beyond the fundamental knowledge, go beyond knowing about the the scrum events and the scrum artifacts and the scrum roles and how can I really understand what we're trying to do using scrum in an organization. And that's why I set as my personal goal is to earn that PSM two. And to do that, I knew I wanted to get some additional training. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously from a, from an industry's perspective, um, 180,000, Two thousand four hundred. These are these are just the the pure facts on the registrations or the the passing rate on uh, on both of the certifications, the PSM one and PSM two. You went obviously the extra mile, but we could also look at these metrics and say there's a lot of people, one hundred and seventy nine thousand actually, for just subtracting these, uh, who are thinking PSM one is just enough, right? Right. What, what's your opinion about this? Right. And I would say, no, it's definitely not just enough. As you're trying to grow your career, you've got to understand the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And that's what the PSM-1 does, is it makes sure that you and all those that may pursue the PSM-1 with you, you all have the right understanding about Scrum fundamentally. Mm -hmm. But but that's not the end of your, your career. That's not the end of your, your profession. Mm -hmm. You want to continue to grow and understand more deeply how to take the Scrum principles, the Scrum values particularly, and apply those values in different situational um, situations that come up in your career. So this is a great way to continue to grow uh, one's profession, at least in my opinion. Right. I just also want to clarify something, something you said earlier. So the training to PSM2 is uh, roughly six months old here. We're recording in December 2018. Um, the program itself has been around for a much, much longer time, but people took the test without um, taking the actual training. So there's a training experience now complementing the, uh, the other certificate. There's also a PSM-3 where there is no uh, training at this point uh, for a no training course. Uh, there are other efforts for doing this, but uh, we're just talking about PSM-2 and the training experience. So then you came to the training, which was great. Uh, we, uh, the training took place in, in Hollywood just a few weeks ago. And uh, what was your training experience like? And, and please feel free to share here openly what, um, what your experiences are when I mean, you came to the training and, and yeah. uh, what, what you took away from these two days in terms of PSM1 versus PSM2. Sure. So I enjoyed the experience a lot. And there's a couple of reasons why I enjoyed it. One is it's very interesting. Firstly, I would say that the PSM2 training is not an exam prep course mm -hmm. it doesn't throw a bunch of exam questions you know potential exam questions to you to find the right answer that's not it at all what it's trying to do is deepen your understanding of how to um, use scrum in different contexts different problems different situations mm -hmm. and it, it distinguishes a, a small view of the scrum master from a, a wider more influential uh, more rich role for the scrum master so it's, it's deepening, deepening one's understanding of Scrum. And with that deeper understanding, uh, you're better prepared to take the PSM2 exam. Mm -hmm. So I walk into the room, 
and there's no PowerPoint at all. There's there's no projector at all. There's no PowerPoint to the whole two days worth of training. Instead, it's very experiential, very interactive, a lot of different activities on both days to immerse uh, oneself with the material and to uh, interact with the people who are training with you. Mm. I love the fact that it's in this particular training was delivered on site because that gave me a way to connect with other people in the area in which I live. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the training is designed in a way that uh, basically we will role model the, uh, the, the, the Scrum Master experience, right? So for us to stand there and have PowerPoints, etc. This is really about a learning environment. We used a lot of exercises. Uh, we walked around a lot. We had a lot of space in that room. I remember. Mm -hmm. um, so, which we utilized. And by the end of the day, uh, day two, actually, because it's a two-day training. But by the end of day two, I remember all the worlds were plastered, and I had a hard time finding an empty spot. And I think that's, <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of the idea of this training of uh, transparency, right? Um, yeah. We also had a very diverse group of people in the room, um, I remember. How did that affect your experience? Well, that was, that was surprising because I was expecting people who had been using Scrum for a while and probably had already earned the PSM1 exam. Mm -hmm. And there were a few people in the room that had not yet earned the PSM1 and probably wouldn't have been able to pass the PSM1. So mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the organizations that were sponsoring their participation probably overextended the their uh, their training budget a little bit. They some mm -hmm. people probably should have just targeted, hey, let's just go to the, to the training one. for PSM one mm -hmm. and do that firstly. So I would expect that somebody who's attending the PSM two, you're not going to get as much out of it without a good fundamental understanding of Scrum. It's presumed that you have that fundamental understanding of Scrum, mm -hmm. so it's not there to walk you through the events and the artifacts and the roles. That's all presumed. It's mm -hmm. it's there to deepen one's understanding. Right. So, But there were people who were experienced, and those are probably the ones that I connected better with, is the people who had been using Scrum for a while and, like me, were just trying to understand and grow their understanding of Scrum and how to apply Scrum values in different situations that we find mm -hmm. ourselves in. What about somebody um, thinking, maybe listening to this uh, podcast right now saying like, I'm a CSM uh, one, uh, would that be something you feel like an easy transition to experiment with PSM two, or do you think they should also go through a, a PSM one first? You have just recently yeah. taken yep. all the tests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that totally depends on the level of experience you have. If you are freshly minted CSM without any practical experience or very short amount of experience, then it's probably a bit of a reach to go to a PSM2 training. Mm -hmm. But if you have a CSM and you've been a scrum master on a couple of different projects for the last, you know, 12 months, 18 months, mm -hmm. yeah, you could, you could go right into PSM2 and have some great takeaways that you could go right back to your office with and, and begin to use some of the techniques that mm -hmm. we experienced together in our two-day training. Yeah, talking about it, going back to to work. Um, how did how did this training? I mean, it was only like two or three weeks ago, right? Um, but so, how, did, how did this influence your work? <laughs> that's a great <laughs> great point because in this case, the training uh, wasn't sponsored. Uh, this was coming out of my own pocket, so mm -hmm. I I'm expecting a high return on investment. 
and I feel like I'm getting that high return on the investment. Earlier today, in fact, I was doing training for new product owners and scrum masters in my organization. And one of the, it was, it's intended to build product owner um, skill. And I pulled from the PSM2 training the empathy map that you exposed us to. Mm-hmm. And I immersed all of my trainees on, hey, let's empathize with this key stakeholder who has high influence and high interest in your project. Let's empathize with them. And we walk through an empathy map mm-hmm. to understand or to get a better perspective on what are the goals of that person? What are the pains of that person? How do they interact with the people around them? It was, mm-hmm. And I, after we worked through the empathy map, I'm asking everybody, hey, let's reflect on this. Was this a useful exercise? And they're like, oh, yeah, this helps us think of different ideas that we could use on our product backlog, You know, gaps and features or functions that we don't currently have. So the empathy map was a great introduction, and I got that idea from the PSM2 training. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other techniques stood out of the session? Is there anything you would like to experiment with in the near future? I mean, again, that was just a very short period of time between yeah, the training the, and this podcast. So in the PSM2 training, they expose all the trainees to something called liberating structures. Mm-hmm. That was nothing that I had heard of before. So a liberating structure are um, a number of different techniques that will help build and foster great engagement between the facilitator and those who are you know, being mm-hmm. facilitated. And liberating structures, I, I actually bought the book following the training, 30-some different lear- liberating structures. We got to experiment with some of them mm-hmm. in the two-day training. One that I used since the training, and the training was only for me, it was only well, like two, three weeks ago, but mm-hmm. uh, there was a liberating structure, one, two, four, all. And it's very simple. You have a compelling question, and individually you think about the answer to that compelling question. Mm-hmm. After you think through that compelling question, you share your answer with one other person, so two people interact. After a couple of minutes of having pairs interact with one another, then two pairs form a a small group of four persons, and they share and interact answering that compelling question. And then finally, you bring the entire group together, and you have some great takeaways from the entire group that started with just one individual uh, reflection on how to answer a compelling question. So the technique, liberating structure, one, two, four, all, I've used it since the training. Awesome. I have used it myself many, many times since uh, since then. In the training, I remembered, and that was kind of an uh, interesting experiment. We tried uh, uh, the one, two, four, all, as you just mentioned, right? And we're using the term now. It's almost like a pattern and a pattern name where we just use the name. And in this case, we use the one, two, four, all out of the book, uh, Liberating Structures. Um, what's interesting was we used it quite a bit. And at one point, I thought, did we overdo it <laughs> with the one, two, four, all? Or is there um, is there still room to use it? And I I felt like there was it was still energizing, right? And I think that's a good takeaway from the liberating structure. Whereas other techniques they fall short, and uh, participants get tired of the technique. But in this case, I felt like we kept going with the energy, and which was it's evidence that uh, the liberating structure is actually liberating for everyone. Yeah, and you you introduced a number of techniques. That's right. One of them mm-hmm. I use today, but I don't remember the name of it, where I had two different groups working at 
um, an easel with a poster board there, and they're interacting at their respective stations. Mm -hmm. And then when they were finished interacting, I had everyone but one person leave the board, mm -hmm. and they went to the other team's board. So everybody went to each other's board except for one person held back from the uh, the originating That's board. Right. And that one person who worked with their team to create this poster, mm -hmm. they explained to the other people who had created their own poster how they created the poster. Right. I'm not explaining it real well, and I don't know exactly the name That's of the okay. technique. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the techniques that we did in our two days training, well. and I implemented it. Mm -hmm. uh, just this morning <laughs> right and so so the beauty of uh, of these techniques is sometimes uh, people might read through these um, newbies let's say and, and they look at the techniques and they might find them like what is the benefit of this technique and what is the benefit from exactly that one person staying behind um, in that particular liberating structure and not uh, uh, moving around and the, the benefit is really that uh, people start explaining things to others they come to the board and uh, part of this training is also that we're starting to teach and learn another role uh, or stance within the uh, Scrum Master uh, definition. And uh, that's why this is so important, right? So the first time we articulate something, the first time we teach something uh, to others, that's the very much the first time we really understand something. Uh, so that's a powerful, very powerful technique. Uh, so we have deliberating structures. We saw the training um, was very uh, career advancing for you. You got your uh, money back, so to speak, in terms of ROI. Um, yes. Would you would you recommend this training to others, and whom would you recommend it to? Definitely, someone who has already a good fundamental knowledge of Scrum. So, you know, I would say someone who's probably been using Scrum for at least six months, and you know, probably the sweet spot is somewhere between six and eighteen months. It really depends on that person's experience and the context in which they are able to uh, work as a scrum master. There are some organizations where a scrum master position is not well done at all, and even the fundamentals are very poorly done. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a stretch to go and deepen one's scrum knowledge if we're not even doing the fundamentals correctly. That's mm -hmm. why PSM1 is so valuable. Let's just get the fundamentals down well, and then let's grow this. Mm -hmm. So if someone feels like, yeah, I, I'm, I do scrum events, we time box it, we keep to our time box. Most of the time we hit our sprint goals. Um, my product owner is a good uh, manager of the product backlog. You know, they're reordering as necessary. It, I got the fundamentals. So if somebody feels like, yeah, I pretty much got the fundamentals, what more could I learn? Mm -hmm. You would be surprised. Uh, what you would learn, at least I was somewhat pleasant, very pleasantly surprised that going into the training, I'm expecting and hoping that I can grow and deepen a uh, deeper understanding of Scrum, and, but I wasn't sure if I was going to or not. Mm -hmm. It turns out I felt like I really did. Yeah, I think uh, personally that this training will be, um, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, that this training will be becoming a standard in the, or hopefully a standard in the, stand, in the Scrum community. I feel like we often talk to um, you know, organizations are there and we tell them that uh, Agile or Scrum is a journey, right, not a destination. And, and uh, I would say the same is applicable for the, uh, the role of a Scrum Master itself. So why stop at PSM1, maybe see, you know, what else is out there. And I appreciate the uh, input that you didn't feel like it's a prep course for a certification because 
it's not so much about the certification and passing, it's about the learning experience and learning new techniques while getting ready and um, understanding the, the, the deeper values of, um, of Scrum and, and then passing the, certificate, the certification. Um, well, William, that is uh, it's great insights. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to share, but uh, I feel like this uh, experience report, first time I do something like this on, on Agile FM, this was very insightful. And I just thought when, with your enthusiasm for the topic um, that this might be interesting for the listeners. But if you had anything else you wanted to share, um, let me know. Well, I would say that if you're looking to grow your career and you, you're already a scrum master and you're not sure what the next step is, this is a great training to help spur new ideas on how to have better engagement with your team, but not just your team, mm. outside of your team to have influence across the entire organization, organizational leaders who need to understand what are we trying to do in this collaborative team uh, setting as we do our product uh, mm -hmm. builds together. It, you have a poster that we spent a lot of time on that talked about um, a scrum master and the stances of a scrum master and what does it mean to be a servant leader and what's the focus of a mm -hmm. scrum master. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a fantastic training just to see that scrum master is a lot more than just being a, a police a police um, mm -hmm. officer over the scrum guide that mm -hmm. making sure that everybody adheres to the scrum guide. It, yeah, you have to understand the scrum guide, but the stances of a scrum master is, you know, mentor, coach, teacher, facilitator, impediment, remover, change mm -hmm. agent. Right. And those are the things that we as scrum masters, we need to recognize that we're not just the, we should have a bigger view of our role than just, uh, I make sure people go to meetings and I follow the scrum guide That's right. you know, to, to the letter. Awesome. Yeah. William, people can get in touch with you if they want to find out more. Uh, yeah. William W. Davis on LinkedIn. The W is kind of important as there are many William Davises. Davis is D-A-V-I-S. And yep. uh, you also have an email, uh, famousdavis at psm at gmail.com. I'm going to put all these links also out on the show page on Agile FM. I want to thank you, but I also want to, um, you know, congratulate you for passing PSM2 and also yep. to uh, for your energy and enthusiasm of spreading and advancing Scrum, at least in the South Florida area. So thank you for yes. that. Yes. Thank you very much, Joe. It was my pleasure to be here. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.